Hello, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. That's it. The Not The Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair. Betting is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening to this podcast be gamble aware. Understand the risks that come with gambling. Most importantly, never, ever stake more than you can afford to lose. Never, ever chase losses. Understand more at begambleaware.org. I'm Ali Maxwell. He's George Ellick. We continue our quest to find winners in the EFL. A never-ending quest, uh, George, one that we enjoy very much. Last week, less so than some weeks. How are you? How, how am I about the fact I got in zero from five last week, or how, how am I in general? Um, I, I guess both. Gen- It'd be interesting to know how much it, it still affects you uh, four or five days on. <laughs> what kind of competitor are uh, you? Well, you know, you, when you have a bad week, luckily it's been, a, fortunately, it's been a good season. So hopefully I've got some um, credit in the bank. But uh, when you have a bad week, I think you've got to go back through what you've done and assess where you went wrong. And my assessment is that I didn't go too far wrong. Um, the nap was Birmingham, who, of course, won a lot before squandering a 1-0 lead and losing 2-1. The next best was Huddersfield, drawn a bet. Huddersfield um, were 1-0 up, hit the woodwork and missed an absolute sitter at 1-0 and then went on to lose the game somehow. Um, and then, I mean, the, the Bournemouth pick was obviously bad, given that they won 4-0, racking up next year of like four. But um, I'm not too fussed about that. The, the Fulham one, again, I think all the evidence before the game pointed at Fulham um, performing much better or having a much more of a uh, supremacy over Posh than they had. And then Malik works anytime. The, the thinking was, Hull are going to score. Who's the most likely to score? I managed to skirt around uh, Honeyman and <laughs> and Keenless Potter and Ford on the man who was subbed off after an hour, having not had a shot. So, and I said in that in that talk up that, I, that you know I thought Hull were probably a bet as well. So, some some good thoughts in there, Ali. But sometimes you don't always hit bullseye. You can throw a good dart. And sometimes it can bounce out. And I think that's what happened a couple of times last week. Five darts bouncing off the metal is tough, isn't three. it? <clears throat> three. Three. Five darts, darts bouncing all off bouncing off the three. metal. Um, three. Th- that response was eerily reminiscent of Tony Mowbray post 7-0 defeat. Uh, Blackburn. Did you call him Totally Mowbray? <laughs> that was Totally Mowbray from you. Um, just basically saying everything's fine and denying any uh, any errors made. And he followed that up with a win against Sheffield United. So the onus is on you. It was a, That was a genuinely quite an intriguing window into what you'd be like as a football manager talking after a defeat to the, to the piranhas of local media. Um, I, don't, I don't even lost, mate. So. Bullish would be the phrase. Well, I was up a little bit, um, 0.55. Well At 5pm, when ordinarily most games are finished, uh, I was three out of four of the finished games and Birmingham, uh, which was our double nap, was uh, were 1-0 up, weren't they, uh, at 5pm. Mm. So I was pretty pleased about that. I was looking for a second consecutive four out of five weekend and then uh, Jamari Clark happened. So um, fair play to Reading. Three out of five for me in the end. Uh, let's go again. We've got seven games in League One this weekend and 10, I think it is, in League Two. 17 games in which we will pick a nap, a next best, uh, a lay using the Betfair Exchange uh, and a goals bet and some goal scorers as well. What is your best bet this weekend, George, across the League One, League Two action? Yeah, I found it a quite a difficult docket. Um, I, th- I found it an intriguing slate, so I'm interested to, to hear you say difficult docket. Yeah, I'm, my, my nap and my next best are both draw no bets, which I think shows that I'm not wasn't really necessarily feeling it. Maybe I'm just wounded after the incredibly unfair losers from last weekend. Um, a weekend of DNB approaches. I'm looking forward to hearing what the first track is. I, I'm yeah, nice. Yeah, the nap is Cobblers at Gas. Cobblers draw no bet um, at Bristol Rovers. I've, I've made it pretty clear a few times 
on the pod recently that I see Northampton as being a side that I'm pretty happy to side with at the moment because they are just so solid defensively. And I think when when you're getting, um, you know, a shade of odds against near enough even money on um, on them taking out the draw against a side in Bristol Rovers who've struggled all season effectively and whose home record is is absolutely abysmal. You know, they've lost four of their last three, sorry, three of their last four away uh, home games, conceding three in, in three of those, in, in all of those defeats. The only victory coming in a 3-0 win over Carlisle, um, who will, I think, either would set to sack their manager basically after that game. Uh, the other win at home previous to that coming against Crawley, who are another side towards the bottom end. The three sides they've lost to, Leighton Orient, Swindon and Newport, are the, the ilk and the calibre that we're seeing uh, cobblers play at at the moment. And I, I think there must be still facts into Bristol Rovers' price, a bit of respect given where they came down from last season, given who the manager is. I'm, I'm, I don't really understand it. There's very little in their performances to suggest that they should be... Um, where they are in the market here. You know, you're looking at the Jorno Bet market um, in this game and Bristol Rovers are, are three to four. They're 1.75 with Northampton just under even money. I, I can't work out for the life of me why Bristol Rovers would be favourite here. Um, yeah, as I say, Northampton's so, so solid, not giving uh, opposition teams much of a chance. They've won their last four games all to nil. Uh, it seems like a rock solid bet, this. Um, I'm a big fan of Kian Tete, who's 11-2 to two to score first. I, I think that's also a, a, another decent bet. He ranks pretty highly in the uh, the analyst, the Opta analyst uh, League Two stats for expected goals per 90, uh, who's kind of heavily underperforming his expected goals. So I think we can probably expect him to start scoring a few more um, soon. Um, so that might be another way to look at this. But the, the tip, the two-point nap is uh, Northampton, 19-20, join a bet. Mansfield, 7-4, to four, my best bet of the weekend. Uh, 2.75 in decimal terms. They're away at Stevenage this weekend and since the stags beat Tranmere while we were on your stag two weeks ago mm. i've been encouraged by what i've seen i don't want to get carried away i'm aware that i'm not just once bitten twice shy when it comes to mansfield town but probably four or five times bitten i guess 10 to 15 times shy uh, but they've gone and beaten sunderland away in the cup last weekend um, it was a strong Sunderland side, not full strength, but almost, uh, and a good Mansfield performance. You know, the 1-0 win, albeit the goal came from capitalising on a, uh, a an error from Burge passing out the back. Mansfield pressing high, as they do, joint top in League 2 for high turnovers per the Opta analyst. Um, but they had other chances in that game, and they defended very, very resolutely. So I think they're on their way up the table. I say so through gritted teeth. Uh, but I think confidence is starting to come back. They've been through a lot already this season, Mansfield. The period early on where they couldn't stop the opposition scoring, even though they were doing okay uh, on the attacking end. And then a period where they couldn't score a single goal themselves. Uh, and that combined meant a very long time without a win. But I think they're through it now. Um, their starting 11 is, is more or less settled. And I think it's the starting 11, or at least 9, 10 of the starters, who I looked at pre-season and thought... Yeah, this group of players in this formation with Nigel Clough at the helm are going to do good things this season. Uh, we we have joked many times before about Stephen Quinn um, being Nigel Clough's favourite son. Well, in fairness, he's absolutely justifying the love of his footballing father because when he was out for, was it five or six games he got suspended for, for a, an, an act of double violence? Um, you know, he was out for ages and they looked rudderless. And since he's come back, they've looked rudder full, full of rudder. 
and, <laughs> and Quinn is helming it. Um, so he's looking good. I, I couldn't help but notice how sharp Reese Oates looked, both in the win against Tramir and against Sunderland last weekend. He has taken some time to get going. He's by no means a shot monster so far or anything like that, but speed across short distances is very, very noticeable. Uh, and he got a goal and assist against Tramir and the goal against Sunderland as well. You have to hope that that confidence and maybe a, a role that gets the best out of him could see him start to thrive. And Danny Johnson, DJ, is is a confidence player, a confidence finisher. I think we know that by now. And against Tramir, he actually missed a penalty, missed the whole goal early on, but he scored the second goal in that game set up by Oates. Uh, he didn't play away at Sunderland. They needed probably more uh, defensive bodies there. But he's got a hat-trick in the pizza trophy in midweek. I expect DJ to start with Oates here. And I expect DJ to score, to be honest, because he is a, a streaky, streaky striker. Uh, and I think he's streaking through the quad to the gymnasium as the film line goes. I think when Mansfield are at full strength, with confidence, when they play with the energy to, to press high up the pitch as they do so well, there's a lot to like, even though we know uh, this season they've been very poor for the most part. Uh, Stevenage are in the top six for passes per sequence and sequences with 10-plus passes. They are quite passy, but they don't do it with a huge amount of confidence or penetration. And that, I think, matches up very well for a Mansfield side who prey on loose passing, who have, as I mentioned, the most high turnovers in the league. At Stevenage, obviously, form is miserable. Uh, Two-all draw at MK Dons last weekend in the Cup um, was a brief respite from their league performances. No goals in their last four League Two games, three defeats in that time. In two of those, they've barely got close to the opposition goal. So I'm hoping a, um, a well-drilled Stags press can keep Stevenage well away from their goal. They're unlucky to have conceded quite so many goals in the last four games, but the way they've started games has been very concerning. Seven goals conceded in the first halves alone of their last four games, and they haven't mustered anything by way of response when they've gone behind, obviously losing all of those three games to nil. So it's a big game, this. Both teams are on 14 points from 15 games, but I've weighed it up. I think Mansfield are the better team. I think they've got that confidence back, some key players back, and I'm picking them to win as my nap. A 7-4, 2.75 to win away at Stevenage. Don't forget the Betfair have no cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and multiples. Something to bear in mind. And we move into our next bests. George, where are you going? Yeah, it's all about the the dugout for my for my second um, one, and it's Jorno Bet uh, Newport County at seventeen to twenty at Hartlepool on Friday night. Um, we've got two very different tales in the dugout, um, with one you know, the, the away team in, in Newport County just a little bit ahead of ahead of the curve, I guess, compared to Hartlepool. Uh, they've both lost key pivotal managers, um, albeit in different circumstances. You know, Michael Clip, M- Michael Flynn making the decision with the club to move on after a period of prolonged success, which somehow didn't end in a promotion. Dave Challoner deciding to move on himself uh, in pretty acrimonious circumstances off the back of a promotion to move back into the National League in Stockport County. Um, it feels like Newport's ability to plan for... Um, Flynn's departure, the, the calm way in which they were able to recruit a new manager um, has left them in pretty good stead. And James Robry, in the infancy of his time in charge of the club, has overseen some pretty impressive performances. And whenever we have a rookie manager coming into a role, I think you learn a lot in those first four or five games, just in terms of how capable and adept they are at setting up a team and whether they have a significant or a specific way of playing. And we're seeing a very, very aggressive high press from Newport, which is working effectively immediately. And in Dominic Telford, he's certainly got a, a player who hasn't scored many goals previously, scoring a lot. So positive signs around Newport. Hartlepool, you know, I think we're getting the price we are about Newport because um, Hartlepool 
have the best home record in League Two. They've been incredibly strong at home. But we haven't seen any real even um, rumours circulating about who's going to be taking over at Hartlepool. You know, the, the names listed in the betting are Andy Woodman, Ross Turnbull. I don't know if they're exclusively going after goalkeepers. Um, you know, Woodman's done a, a decent job at Bromley in, in the National League, so maybe he would be a decent appointment. I don't know much about Turnbull, except for that he, he was the goalkeeping coach of the club. He's now working at Chelsea as a scout. Um, but either way, it doesn't, you know, understandably, I think Hartlepool's um, Challenger's, Challenger's decision to leave Hartlepool has taken everyone by surprise and left Hartlepool basically in the lurch here. Um, and you would forgive them for, for struggling to, to rally from that. Um, we've spoken a lot this season about how seemingly you, know, you look at certain players at other teams um, and often you can understand the qualities in the side to understand why they're, they're so impressive. With Hartlepool, they lost half of their starting lineup from the playoff final and have still managed to make a very, very strong start to life in in League Two. It, it does strike me as Challoner being the key man and the key reason behind that. So, uh, yeah, happy to to back um, the new manager against the managerless side uh, in Newport County, 17 to 20. Uh, draw no bet is the next best. I've got a draw no bet as well and in League Two as well. This could be a full... Have you got any League One angles? I mean, I've got some. I've got uh, a lay and uh, my next three are all League One. Yes, was the answer there. I was just worried that we were going full League Two here. I'm going full Kenny Jacket. Draw no bet. (laughs) 11 to 10 away at Rochdale with the Betfair Sportsbook, this one. Uh, This is for one quite particular reason, just to weigh up the two sides so far. Uh, Orient have won one and lost one away from home and they've drawn five out of seven. So... There we're seeing solid, hard to beat, and not a huge amount more than that away from home at this point. And do you know what? I don't think Kenny Jack would be too disappointed about that. It's at home with a little bit more confidence with the home advantage where they've turned those draws into wins uh, the majority of the time anyway. And that's why they sit where they do uh, in the League Two table up in sixth. But Rochdale at home have been inconsistent. In fact, all season they have been. Two wins, two draws and three defeats so far at home for Dale. And it's five wins, five draws, five defeats overall. So they are better away from home in terms of results anyway than they are at home. And it kind of sums up how I feel about Dale. They're, they're better than I thought they were going to be pre-season, that's for sure. I was quite concerned about them and they've turned it around pretty well. And I think Robbie Stockdale uh, in the first few months of senior management at this level is doing a pretty good job. But... I don't think they have a lot of consistency. I think they have a, a big swings in what they can achieve in terms of performance levels within games as well as from weekend to weekend. But I think it's kind of because their summer of recruitment was so muddled that they, they basically didn't do any until the season was just about beginning. They've ended up with some good players, uh, many of them left over from their squad in League One last season, like O'Connell and Morley and others, and some maybe less good players. And that leads to having some good spells in games, and they've had a couple of eye-catching wins, but also some poor spells in games and a couple of very disappointing defeats. I, I think between the two teams, Leighton Orient have a robustness and an organisation to them that, Rochdale just lack and I think I can be much more confident of a certain performance level even if it's only six or seven out of ten from Orient whereas Dale could be anything really between what two and eight out of ten so I like Orient here to avoid defeat at the very least and I think they can nick it partly because I think Harry Smith could be a problem for Rochdale 
they have Owen O'Connell at the heart of a back three, who's a very good defender for this level. But I'm not a huge fan of their other two centre-backs. I think Smith can cause problems to Graham and to Dorset. I think they look a little bit shaky. And we know that him and, and Drynan as well, who's picked up in the last few weeks, uh, can cause any back three, back two problems. I think this one particularly. There's obviously the threat of Morley and Kelly, the two centre midfielders, both really good ball players for Rochdale. I think Clay and Prattley, who are much more on the uh, battle-hardened side of things, I think they'll back themselves to, to sort of out-battle these two, if not out-pass them. Uh, the reason I'm not chancing the 2-1 to one win price for Orient is five away draws in seven. That just shows to me that either they're struggling to get over the line in these tight games or possibly more aptly, they're not that fast in going for the win. They're more worried about avoiding defeat. Even so, I think they're the stronger side, as I said, with this robustness, organisation, consistency, all those words. I think it's the sort of game they could manage better than Rochdale uh, and I'm going to pick them. Draw no bet 11-10 to 10 is my next best, Leighton Orient. Lay bet now. Lay me a bet in League One, George. I mean, only if you'll have the bet. I mean, I'd be delighted to do that. Do you want to back Sheffield Wednesday to beat Gillingham with me? It I guess it depends what price you're offering. Well, we're, we're recording this earlier than we normally do. So we should caveat this by saying that there is um, a bit less liquidity than we're used to right now. Um, so I'm not going to pretend that I've been matched yet because I haven't. But at th the moment, the price is at 1.73 to lay. I, I think we'll probably get a little bit shorter than that. The last price match on Betfair was 1.66 um, and it's 1.63 to back. So let's say 1.66 for the, for the sake of the, the show. Last price match, I think, is the fairest way of doing this. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still just not convinced by Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I watched their FA Cup game against um, Plymouth Argyle on the weekend, where again, they looked like a side who were never going to, um, you know, control a game. They were fairly abject going forwards. They were okay defensively. Uh, and in fairness, I guess, against an Argyle team who have been pretty good this season, it's probably not the worst bit of form. But I think there might be signs that Gillingham are starting to improve a bit. Um, they've been underwhelming all season uh I, i'm almost surprised that steve evans hasn't walked hasn't walked away given how they look destined at the very best this is going to be a season where they finish mid-table and if things carried on the way that they were going they they look like it could get a lot worse and it could be relegation threatened and, and that is still the case i guess but in their last three games you know they beat um doncaster one nil at home they then got a tool draw on the road against bolton uh, and then a nil nil draw at home to accrington i, I think we're starting to see more of what made Gillingham a bit quite awkward last season at times. Difficult to break down, uh, never going to be particularly prolific, but in for Dane Oliver, they have a striker who will score goals if, if provided the chances. Um, and yeah, I think the Sheffield, United, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday at that price just seem very, very short indeed. Um, I wouldn't be wanting to back them at that price against anyone really. Uh, and, and in the battle of the, the two tacticians, the two managers, you wouldn't think there's a great deal in terms of, of tactical analysis between uh, Darren Moore and, and Steve Evans on, on, on recent showings either. So um, yeah, 1.66, I think Wednesday are, are plenty short enough. I am laying Exeter 1.7 this weekend, using the Betfair exchange here to put this lay bet up. And my angle is, because they are at home to Oldham, who obviously are down there, and Exeter, by contrast, are up there and are on pretty good form. In fact, unbeaten for quite some time now, Exeter. I'm laying them because there's a bit of a weird quirk that I spotted uh, looking at the latest Fox Punter XG ratio tables. And the quirk is that Oldham's XG ratio is better away from home than when they are at home. And that's pretty rare for, for any football team to be a more dominant side, or rather less dominated is probably the, the more apt phrase in, in, the, in the case of Oldham at home this season. 
to be better in terms of a balance of play and chances created away from home than you are at home. And then I realised that Exeter also have a better XG ratio away from home than they do at home, which is something quite peculiar as well. Exeter have played seven home games and they've won three of them, less than half. The other four have all drawn. So, uh, so far, they've been good enough to avoid defeat, but they've won less than half of their home games. And I think for a team gunning for automatic promotion, that represents a concern rather than a problem because it's still early days. Um, more frustrating draws than confident wins, I guess is what I'm saying for Exeter at home. Uh, those two things are quite unusual. It makes me think that, that Exeter for some reason, are not that comfortable playing at home. And that could be something tactical. Uh, it could be that away from home, they're afforded more space, a little less respect. Uh, and that's where they can hurt teams with a bit more space in transition. I don't think Exeter have the killer gene yet. I think they're a good side. I think they're a nice side to watch. Uh, good young players, well put together. They're a very attacking side. I like watching them. But in punting terms, I think there are teams that I trust way more than them. And especially at home against teams they're meant to beat. I feel like that's been a bit of a trap with Exeter in recent years. Um, and I'm not sure I can trust them from a punting perspective. I'm not sure they are killers. They definitely have an amazing front line for this level. but they're, and, they're, and there is obviously, and at this price, it's expected that there's every chance they unlock the Oldham door early on and, and they could cut loose here. But I think Keith Curl has Oldham very well organised. I think people maybe are still focusing on that first month of the season uh, where they, they weren't at the races whatsoever. They've kept five clean sheets in their last eight league games at Oldham. All I need them to do is keep another one against one of the best attacking teams in the league. And my lay of extra at 1.7 will be a, another winning lay. So that's what I'm doing. Laying extra 1.7 this weekend in League 2 with the Betfair Exchange. Uh, goals bets next. Yeah, I've, I've followed this um, tactic quite a lot recently. Um, I am going to back over two and a half goals and BTTS in, in an Oxford game um, who go to Ipswich. Uh, Alex Gorin has done his ACL, um, which is terrible news for him. And, and you know, I wish him all, all the best in the future. But what it does definitely mean in terms of a footballing point of view and a betting point of view is... You know, Oxford games are generally incredibly high scoring anyway because of Carl Robinson as their manager. Uh, that is only going to increase now because uh, it means Herbie Kane will, will be playing at the base of the midfield three. I know a lot of Oxford fans are quite worried that the change of manager at Barnsley means that Kane's stay at Oxford could be short-lived um, given if a new manager wants him to back in the in the fold come January. Uh, but until January, we're going to see Kane playing at the base of a, th of a, of a three with Brannigan to the left of him. Um Henry probably to the right, possibly McGuane to the left and Brannigan to the right. It, it's all going to culminate in, you know, we've seen it plenty of times this season when when Oxford have used this kind of three ball playing midfielders tactic. Gen, you know, naturally it means that they're very good going forward, um, but are susceptible massively on the break. Uh, Ipswich under Paul Cook have had plenty of high scoring games themselves. A, a team who are not very good at holding on to leads, uh, a team who are not very good at seeing out games, but a team who have a, an absolute wealth of of attacking talent. So, yeah, all in all, um, I don't see how this is going to be anything but end-to-end -end, uh, between two sides who are going to be looking to attack every opportunity and, and the team news that we know of is playing massively into the hands. It probably is, in fact, into the price as well. So BTTS and over two and a half. Oxford, well, Ipswich versus Oxford at 2.02. I've got a BTTS, yes, double at 2.71. I've been chopping and changing methods quite a lot on these goals bets and not getting much from it. So we try something new. This week, uh, Accrington against Plymouth, BTTS, yes, is my first one. 
Um, Argyle have had BTTS Yes land in eight of their last nine. That's because they score in every game. That's why they're top of the league. But they have started conceding in almost every game. One clean sheet only in their last nine league games, Argyle. Uh, But of course, they haven't failed to score since opening day either. And Accrington haven't failed to score in a single home game this season. I I find it very difficult to imagine they will be the team to keep Argyle at bay. Uh, Accrington have quite a nice approach against uh, the big hitters uh, where they just kind of go for it and see what happens. Um, For the most part, it means they, they do give teams a bloody nose. They've played seven of the top 10 and they have scored in in all of those games but they've also conceded 17 in those seven games against the top 10 so they go for it they treat it as a bit of a free hit um they can hurt teams but they really struggle to keep them at bay so btts yes accrington argyle and then down in league two btts yes in walsall against harrogate george it strikes me that this is the battle between two of history's most respected occupations that is taylor in the walsall dugout against weaver in the harrogate dugout (laughs) Um, between the two of them, you've got your clothing covered. A weaver makes the fabric and tailor fits it to your body. Yeah. And the best Good part idea. is there's an accessory on each team as well. Jack Diamond for Harrogate. Lovely. And Jack Earring plays for Warsaw. <laughs> so we've got Taylor, we've got Weaver, we've got a diamond, we've got an earring, and we've got both teams to score. Yes, Harrogate are slipping down the table quite quietly. Uh, We probably haven't covered their poor form as loudly as we covered their strong start to the season. Um, But their familiar issues from last season have come back, and that is that they are very bad defensively. Uh, Weaver is tearing his hair out. They lost 4-0 to Sheffield Wednesday in midweek in the Pizza Cup, a game where they had at least half of the, the major chances, if not, you'd say probably more, but they couldn't keep Sheffield Wednesday down and they missed all of their good opportunities. Walsall have scored in 10 of their last 11 league games. Harrogate in that same period have only kept one clean sheet, but we know Harrogate do hurt teams. They have a ton of attacking intent, a ton of attacking players, and I think they're good for a goal as well to give us BTTS. I'm going to roll on to my goals pick because it's in the same game, my goal scorer pick rather. We've got Taylor versus Weaver. So how about a Miller? George Miller plays up front for Walsall and he's my goal scorer pick. I've won two of these in a row. Matty Taylor on your stag do and Matty Godden. Taylor. Taylor, <laughs> yeah. Godden. Where do you reckon that one yeah, came from? That's a good profession, Godden. Yeah. What are you? I'm a Godden. <laughs> slang, for, slang for priest. I'm two in a row. Is that actually? No. <laughs> <laughs> a <Yeah>. god one. <laughs> Two and two, Matty Taylor, Matty Godden, um, and now George Miller at nine to five to score any time for Walsall against Harrogate. As mentioned, Harrogate really struggling defensively. They've conceded the most goals of any team in the top half of League Two. Leaky is uh, is the word to use to describe them. And Walsall have one very particular goal threat. That is George Miller, uh, their top scorer this season. Uh, he was quite quiet in Sutton in the last league game uh, against Sutton rather uh, well, it was in Sutton that was that was actually technically correct he was quiet-ish against Kingsland in the FA Cup as well but I believe that you can't keep a good man down in the six games before those two two shots four shots four shots two shots three shots six shots let's hope it's more of the six shots this weekend George Miller anytime for Walsall against Harrogate looking to make it three goal scorers in a row here uh, that's nine to five anytime with Betfair. Just a reminder as well that with Betfair, if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's do apply for that. Give us a goal scorer and then we'll give you the weekend. That doesn't really work, Thank but you. you know what I'm saying. 
ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Um, I bolted against Crew. Um, I, I mean, I, it's one of those funny ones where I, I nearly picked Bolton as the lay just because they're so short and they've been so poor recently. But then you look at Crew's recent performances and it's just basically impossible to make any case for them being a, an effective football team. So um, I've decided to go the other way and back a Bolton player to score. And as ever, when it's one of these where you've got a very short price team um, and you're trying to work out where the value is, you know, Afalayan and um, and Doyle are both very, very short. Doyle in particular, who's odds on to score here, despite, you know, I, know, I know he scored two and two in the Cups, but we're, it's not been a case of him missing chances for Bolton this season. He's not really getting any chances. It's it's bizarre uh, how he can't seem to make the step up to League One. Um, but the player that I think is value is Josh Sheehan, who is six to one to score any time and 13 to one to score first and last. I'm, I'm going to put up the six to one for him to score any time. Uh, as with Bolton, he's been in pretty poor form recently. Um, he's getting subbed off in most games. He came, he was dropped for the Pompey game. Um, so there's a chance, I guess, he doesn't even start here, but I think he probably will. Uh, but even in those last three games, the 4-0 loss against Wigan, the 3-0 loss against Plymouth, the 2 all draw against Gillingham, he played 73 minutes, the full game against, against Argyle, and then 53 minutes against Gillingham. He had... Um, eight shots in the three games. So he is still, you know, even though he wasn't necessarily a goal, a goal threat in the same sense in Newport County, his role at Bolton is still very much to get in the box, to shoot from set pieces as well, and to get in the box and score goals. Um, he is averaging 1.9 shots per game. He is genuine. I think he's genuinely probably um, Bolton's third biggest goal threat. And that isn't really reflected in the prices, especially when you think that Bolton are factored in for a cu- at least a couple here. So I think the the value play here is definitely, definitely Sheehan at six to one to score any time for Bolton. Lovely. Well, that's it from us. George, if you wouldn't mind recapping your picks uh, for the discerning listener. DNB week. So Cobblers, the Nap, um, who are away at Bristol Rovers. Newport away at Hartlepool, draw no bet as well uh, as the next best. Sheffield Wednesday, the lay at 1.66. Both teams to score and over two and a half goals in Ipswich versus Oxfords. Uh, and then Josh Sheehan anytime at six to one in Bolton versus... Um, crew on friday night two games two friday night bit of friday night interest laughing in the face of don't pick the early kickoff which i love to do well it hasn't escaped me that after a blank week for you last week you've gone down the dnb route hoping for the pendulum to swing the other way pendulum one for the dnb fans there quite a famous dnb oh right sorry yeah yeah good pendulum nice my well picks done. are Mansfield, 7-4. to four. Uh, That's 2.75 in decimal. Uh, they're my nap, my best bet of the weekend to beat Stevenage. Leighton Orient, draw no bet, 10-11 to 11 away at Rochdale. Uh, those two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, Exeter, I'm laying at 1.7 on the Betfair Exchange. A BTTS double at 2.71. It's Accrington and Plymouth, BTTS, yes. And Walsall, Harrogate, the battle of the old school occupations. Uh, and then my goal scorer in the same game, George Miller, to score any time for Walsall against the Sulfurites at 9-5. to five. And that has been your NTT20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair and previewing the EFL weekend. George and I already looking forward to breaking them down for you on the Monday podcast. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks very much for joining us as ever. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and we'll talk again on Monday.